welcome. It's David and Brent again this week. We're joining you on September the 24th. We've been doing a lot of writing on the AEI premium side of the site. Three posts looking at the latest USDA net farm income data. There's one on net farm income itself, one on direct payments, and one on the balance sheets. And there's a lot of great stuff there, but we wanted to spend a few minutes today just to capture a few of the highlights. Some of the stuff you might have missed on Twitter when you were scrolling through captured some of the highlights. We get so many quick takes anymore on Twitter. I think a lot of times they miss kind of the deeper lessons and, uh, you know, our site and our users, it's all about, you know, really understanding it as opposed to just getting that high level stuff that we get, you know, I think too easily on online anymore. We're going to think about just a little bit here today for you and help you uh, understand a little bit. Like uh, I like to say, we're not going to break the news. We're going to break it down. And here's what we're going to do is we're going to break it down and encourage you to go read these articles if you really want to roll your sleeves up and get into the data. So Brent, this is the first chart. This might've been one of the first AEI branded charts that we've done. This is looking at real or inflation adjusted net farm income in 2020 dollars going all the way back to 1929. And here's what the important takeaway is, is that about $85.5 billion dollars is the starting point for net farm income in 2020. That's the average. And we spend a lot of time right below that average throughout history. We call those stable eras in agriculture. The 85.5 is the base rate. And so right now the USDA estimates about $101, $102 billion. So that's how we should be thinking about this, providing some context. The next part to this is sort of one standard deviation above that mean and one standard deviation below that mean. And, and one above is about $112 billion. So we're above the long run average, but we're not knocking out of the park here. It's not a record-breaking year by any stretch of the imagination. Here's the deal. These levels of farm income are, are unusual. They're not unprecedented. And the implication is really that we, we really need to be good managers. If you look at that data, what we've been saying for a while is the farm economy is trending towards stability right now. And that is maybe a little different message than, than you've been hearing from other places. But I think the data would kind of bear this out. And we've got to understand why it's trending towards stability. And it's the, re, the why is because we're pumping a huge amount of farm program payments into the sector. So that is holding this thing up. But if you look at the long run, it's kind of saying, hey, this is kind of what we should be expecting for a while now. And I think this blip up caught some people's attention. I think and part of the reason is just that those big government payments are kind of bumping this up. So some people are actually going to have pretty good year, I think, this year when it's all said and done, when you add in all that government support. You took that away, it'd be a whole different story. But that's not reality. Reality is it's there. Thinking about that stable era, if you really look at the data, 2016 was a pretty low year. That August 2016, uh, I remember Brent and I were actually talking a lot during this time. It was a very bleak outlook. Corn was, again, trending lower and that $3 board price. Cash prices were below $3 for most of the Corn Belt. That was a really bleak time in the farm economy. After we move past 2016, 2017, 18, and 19 are really close in that stable era, right below that long run average of $85.5 billion, $2020. Now, what most people have missed, I, and this is amazing to me that so many people have missed this, is on the August USDA data dump, they consider the USDA arms data. 
And that gives them a really good idea what costs of production were for that 2019 year. And so they always make a big revision to the previous year's estimates. And so we saw that. We saw that the 2019 net farm income estimate fell from 95 billion, which was estimated back in February, down to 84 billion. It moved it right back into that stable era that we've been talking about, right? It's down 11%. I think one of the takeaways here is that one, we have to put a big asterisk next to that 2020 forecast. It's a long ways from being final. We're going to be talking about this a year from now. The second thing is, is it's hard to make these estimates. There's a the farm economy is huge. It's really hard to estimate what these things are. And so it's we gotta be careful with jumping to conclusions that you know the headlines, right? Net farm income right now, the estimate's high, but we have to really work through this to see if that's going to be the final closed number. What we're saying is, look, 19 wasn't quite as good as, as USDA had said it was. And as a result, 2020 looks a lot better than it would if it was going against 2019 comparison of 95 billion. So keep a couple things in mind. One, that 2020 number may very well come down in the future. And we didn't have quite as much income in the sector in 19 as everybody thought we did. That being said, it's not a number that is, is really, really bad either. It's a, kind of at that long run average. I added 19 and 20, 2019 and 2020 net farm income back in February. And then I added those two numbers here from the August. And there's about $5 billion less. Now, that's a, not a huge number when you consider you know, the two put together. But it paints this picture that's not as optimistic if you just looked at that first graph, which is that net farm income and that huge uptick from $84 billion to 100 and 101. So these estimates are always moving. So we got to be careful with that. We're going to see changes to 2020 moving quite a ways down the road. So what's sort of been the role of direct payments? These are all the direct payments. And what we've done is we've taken, you know, net farm income, what we showed you before, and we've highlighted how much of that could be attributable to direct payments. And if you think about the farm economy, less direct payments has been pretty stable the last few years. And this real uptick in 2020 is coming from direct payments. Brent mentioned this earlier. I don't want to dwell a whole lot on this, but the farm economy in 2020, the big part of the story is the direct payments and the direct, the farm, the underlying farm economy isn't changed all that much. It's now, it's impacted different players differently, especially if you're a livestock producer, but direct payments are the thing that's really pushing the sector up here in the last few, in this year. So that's what we're saying. Like farm economy, if you look at those blue bars, that's that's your net farm income, less direct payments, pretty flat since 16. What's not flat? These red bars, direct government payments. Today, 36% of net farm income in 2020 forecasted come from the government. Good chance that may even go higher as more programs come online. That's starting to get back to levels we haven't seen since this period in here, late 90s, early 2000s. We saw a little bit more percentage-wise direct farm payments in that era, but pretty big payments. And uh, I think all in all, when you add all that up, for some producers, 2020 looking to be pretty good when you add in all of these government payments. So moving along here, here's a look at direct payments over a longer period of time. I'm just sharing this because there's a lot of surprise out there uh, in social media that, hey, it's above 35 billion is the highest level we've seen in history. That didn't surprise us. We've been talking about $40 billion 
The forecast network has been showing probability of being above $40 billion as being above 50%. So a lot of, of, of you all listening saw this was coming. So just wanted to highlight that. I think what's really important to capture here, let's break down that $37 billion that was there when the USDA put this estimate out at the end of August, 1st of September. There's two categories that we have to look at. It's the MFP payments that we got paid in 2020 that were from 2019 production. There's a few billion dollars there. I think it's three and a half or four. The second category are straight up supplemental and ad hoc programs. This is money coming from Congress. And so when you add all those up, those are ad hoc programs and they're about 73% of all of the direct payments that producers are receiving. And so we've seen big payments in the past. We saw them in the 80s. We saw them in the late 90s, early 2000s. What makes this one different is they're ad hoc in nature. And that's really, there were some ad hoc payments in the 80s, don't get me wrong, but this is what makes it really challenging is that almost the majority of these are ad hoc. Now we have CFAP2, which is going to push this number even more. I think that's what makes it really important for producers to think about and manage is these are ad hoc, meaning as necessary. And none of these are going to carry over at this point to 2021. Huge, huge numbers. And remember, uh, if you're planning, these are ad hoc. A lot of politics going on right now with the likelihood that these may not get, you know, you may not see these things again in 2021, at least to this magnitude, I think is somewhat unlikely, but you never never rule it out, but I mean, these are huge numbers of ad hoc payments and there's just no other way around it. The traditional farm bill is right here. So 10 billion. Keep, keep that in <laughs> mind. And we're, we're, you know, we set the over under at 40. I think there's still a pretty good chance we go over 40 when all is said and done on this thing. So if you really want to think about this for 2021, the first question you can ask is, what's the probability of us going over 15 billion? 10 billion is is sort of where we are in 2020 farm bill spending. So 15 would automatically be a departure. And you start to think about this, and it's hard to imagine us dropping back off like a you know falling off the cliff. But it's also hard to make the argument that we're going to have another year of big payments. We're going to be following this, so stay tuned, follow along. The last three slides I have here, we're going to move through together a little bit quickly. Is the balance sheet? not a lot of attention gets paid to the balance sheet. And this is a measure of liquidity. This is the working capital. And working capital, real quick, is how many current assets does an operation have? How many current liabilities? So how much debt do we need to pay in the next 12 months? And how many assets do we have that we can make liquid in the next 12 months to cover those? And we saw about $180 billion in working capital back in 2012 at the peak. Now we're somewhere around $63, $64 billion. And what's really important to note is we've been at these levels for about five years, since 2016. And so we're seeing a stability in the balance sheet. And it's kind of interesting, right? You see this increase in net farm income and the balance sheet liquidity, actually, working capital is going to erode a little bit here in 2020. So the balance sheet's really important, uh, in my opinion, and pulling back from my accounting days at Kansas State, is this is where the, the sins are going to start to pile up or show up. Farm income struggling for two or three years, you're going to find, you know, income statements are only one year at a time. The balance sheet is the collection of all those multiple years of, of good times or bad times. They always accumulate in the balance sheet. So we got to watch the balance sheet. Agreed. So here's total debts. Uh, I'll let Brent jump on the, in on this, but a lot of conversations about total debt. Total debt is real close to all-time record now in real terms. The number that gets people's attention is this real estate. And what we have seen is producers 
really refi a lot of real estate. So non-real estate debt, pretty flat. Real estate debt continues to go up. And I would expect given the low interest rates, you're going to see that trend continue into the coming year. Where this stops is going to depend on the debt service. And the debt service, it's higher than it's been for a while. But, uh, you know, we're using, this is a percent of uh, income that basically the value of farm production gets used uh, to service debt. It's actually down a little bit, driven and think in part by those low interest rates. So that's keeping us kind of comfortable. Not great ratio here. It's at the high side, but it's not alarming in part because of those really low interest rates. For those listening in the podcast or on audio, quick recap, 20%. Debt service ratio is the low during the boom eras. Uh, we hit 28% back in 02 and in 2018, and we're around 25% right now, right? We're bouncing around sort of in this middle era, but it's really important to keep in the context uh, where we are. And there's been some improvements here, but I think it's still challenging. We still have to think about that, especially as we keep adding additional debt. Don't get focused on the total debt number. I think that's going to be a chart that's going to capture a lot of headlines later this fall. Total debt keeps increasing. It's, it's not the total debt that gets you in trouble. It's can you service whatever the amount of debt is that you have to service. That's the actual key metric. Right. Quickly to summarize, and we have a couple last points to share. Farm income's up in 2020, but that's mostly direct payments. 2019 sort of got missed and 2019 had a big downward revision. Direct payments, they're unusual, but they're not unprecedented. What's most important for managers is to keep in mind they're ad hoc. And finally, the balance sheet, the balance sheet has seen a lot of stabilization. So all of these ad hoc payments that we've seen, MFP in 2018 and 2019, and now the CFAP programs have really helped stabilize the balance sheet. That's really important to keep in mind. So one last idea is we have to be careful when we're looking at national data and we try to make some sort of conclusion about what's going on at the farm level. So this chart is about net cash farm income. And take a look at this. There are a couple of regions, the fruitful rim that have net cash farm income going to be at 14%. The Mississippi portal is going to have net cash farm income up 21%. But most of you all listening are going to be thinking about the Prairie Gateway, the Southern Great Plains and Heartland region, which is the Corn Belt. Those are all down. So these are all sector-wide metrics. But within the sector, there are things that are moving around. If you're a livestock producer, you've been hit really hard this year. Corn and soybeans are lower, but not as much as, say, livestock. Some of these fruit, nut, and vegetable producers haven't seen this headwind. So keep in mind this difference. And Brent, you have a great story to remind us about servicing debt at the sector level. We can show those sector level numbers on debt service and whatnot, but the sector doesn't repay debt. It's the individual businesses that repay debt. That leads us to make sure we want to check different regions and how well they're doing. And what we can see is that the struggles have been real throughout the center part of the country. And this number down 1% on net cash income in the Prairie Gateway is actually a good number compared to where we've been. Those numbers have been pretty ugly. So the financial pain, I think, in the sector will be centered kind of right through the middle part of the country. And that's the area where we just haven't had the income. Of course, that's the area where we're getting the really big payments too, which is going to offset some of that. So bottom line, you know, make sure uh, if you're a producer, if you're helping producers in those regions, make sure these big government payments go to stabilizing the farm business as opposed to uh, thinking that those are going to last forever. 
Well, that's a great point to wrap this up on. Thanks for joining in. Thanks for listening. Of course, we covered a lot of content. We have three big articles you can go read more about. But the goal here is to share ideas in about 20 minutes. You don't need to log on for a webinar to listen to us ramble at some future date. We're going to record these and put these out there for you to use as we promote them or put them out. So thanks for joining in. We'll catch you all next week and uh, stay curious. Thanks. Thanks.